Let us pray. For this day of grace, we give you thanks, O God. We are thankful for the opportunity to learn together, to challenge one another, to talk, to listen, to grow, to become. We are thankful for the generosity of others, some known to us, some that remain unknown. They've given of themselves their time and their possessions that we might have this time and this place to learn and to thrive. Inspire us to share of ourselves that we might always seek to love and serve our neighbor. Amen. Good morning. St. Olaf College dedicates the first Friday in May to recognizing the academic achievements of our students in a celebration we call Honors Day. Welcome to all of you who have come to be part of our festivities and to all of you joining us from around the world via the live stream of this event. I'd like to extend a particular welcome this morning to the members of the St. Olaf College Board of Regents. They're meeting on campus today and they're demonstrating their commitment to fostering academic excellence by attending Honors Day in academic garb. I invite you, as they stand, to recognize them with a round of applause. I now call upon the Provost and Dean of the College, Dr. Marcy Sorter, who will lead us in these proceedings. Marcy. We have a few seats right in the front, so I hope that those of you who are standing would just come on up and have a seat. Today is a day of celebration, of recognition, and gratitude. We celebrate the academic success of St. Olaf students and recognize their academic accomplishments. Today, we also express gratitude for those who have supported them. Students, many of you here today belong to honor societies, and these are listed in today's program. Many of you are also recipients of general honors. As I call each group, please stand and remain standing. First, will the members of Phi Beta Kappa please stand? Will all those who belong to one of the honor societies listed in the convocation program please stand? Will all students who have been awarded general honors please stand as I call your class year? Class of 2016. Class of 2017. Class of 2018. And class of 2019. Congratulations.
Please be seated. St. Olaf's students are strong competitors for a number of national and international fellowships and awards. Receiving one is evidence of the high regard in which our students and St. Olaf College are held. Recipients of these national and international fellowships and awards, please stand as I read your name and remain standing. Receiving Fulbright Awards are Andrew Hoffman, Mari McClelland, Erin McHugh, Lisa Ketke, Cameron Rylander, Sophia Warren Magro, and Nora Yurek. Also receiving Fulbright grants are graduates from the class of 2015, and they are Elizabeth Buse, Samuel Mason Braden, and Sophia Butler. Receiving support to attend the Fulbright Summer Institute in the United Kingdom is Thomas Tomhave. The recipient of the National Science Foundation's Graduate Research Fellowship is Corey Ruder. And Corey is with us in spirit today, but she is attending an Arctic safety workshop, which sounds like she should be doing that. <laughs> Receiving the Humanity in Action Fellowship is Merve Mert. And receiving the Critical Language Scholarship are Abigail Hull and Jordan Brown. Congratulations, everyone. Students, each of you has your own path to St. Olaf and to this time and place. I ask that you reflect on the family members, the friends, the advisors, and faculty members who have supported you in your college journey. I also ask you to consider the donors, alumni, and volunteers who have contributed to your education in many ways through their enduring support of the college. Today, we give special recognition to those who have established the scholarships listed in the program. Those who establish scholarships have expressed their confidence in you, the students, and the future that you will help forge. Will the donors of scholarships who are here today please stand? Today, we also recognize the contributions of the St. Olaf faculty to student success with their presence on the platform. The order of today's procession gives special recognition to those faculty members who hold distinguished and endowed professorships. These faculty members have been recognized for their contributions to scholarship and artistic expression, to service to the college, 
and above all, to student learning. Will the current holders of such chairs please rise and remain standing? And now will all the faculty please rise. Members of the St. Olaf community, guests, members of the faculty, President Anderson and Regents, it is now my pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Paul Humpke, Professor of Mathematics, Statistics, and Computer Science. The title of his talk is In the Business. Professor Humpke is one of those people who make connections with others, connections that matter. Before I had he even met him, I had heard that Paul Humpke was someone special. I wouldn't fully know what that meant until Paul began working with me to establish a new connection between St. Olaf College and the Budapest Semesters in Mathematics, a highly respected study abroad program in which students study with eminent Hungarian mathematicians. What I discovered was someone who was generous and kind someone with a lively mind and plenty of curiosity. We started trading suggestions for reading, and since then I've made a point of reading everything that Paul Humpke recommends. Professor Humpke makes connections that unite the global with the local. Take, for example, the International Symposium in Real Analysis, which gathered at St. Olaf this past summer. At his home in rural Minnesota, Mathematicians from several countries gathered the evening before the symposium. It was a group that began decades before, adding new members along the way. And there they were, sitting at picnic tables on a warm Midwestern evening, surrounded by cornfields, a global community brought here to our locale, and looking as though there was no other place they should be. Whether it is through visiting professorships at universities here in the US and in Europe, or founding the Budapest Semesters in Mathematics, or in his relationships with students and members of the faculty, Paul Humpke unites the local with the global. Many of us, myself included, are the, uh, the fortunate beneficiaries. Paul also has nearly 100 publications, according to the Mathematical Society, the American Mathematical Society, and he also shared with me he has 15 other publications, and that puts him squarely at the head of his class. So for these reasons, and for many others, please join me in welcoming Paul Humpke, Knight of the Hungarian Officer's Cross and Professor of Mathematics, Statistics, and Computer Science. Thank you, Marcy. That might have been the best introduction I ever had. It's a real honor and a distinct pleasure for me to talk with you today. 
You who are being honored today represent the very best among us, and it's altogether appropriate that we recognize that. Just in time for most of you to leave the hill, I might point out. But going forward, you will be the ones defining honor for yourselves. Today, in the somewhat less than hour and a half I've got left to me, I'll, <laughs> I'll relate two stories about my own experience with this defining honor process and talk a little bit about each one. The first story occurred almost two years ago and began when my good friend and Budapest Semesters in Mathematics colleague, Deja Miklos, picked my wife Bonnie and me up from Ferryhedge Kata, the international airport in Budapest. I was in Budapest for the uh, annual BSM board meeting, but Bonnie and I always arrive several weeks early to enjoy the city and catch up with friends. Two, my good friend and research colleague, Mick Laskovich, and I always have something on the back burner that we move to the front when I come to Budapest. It's kind of a math guy fun. <laughs> On our way to, the, to our flat, Dejer mentioned that just that morning, the head of Hungarian Fulbright had called him and wondered if the three of us could get together and talk while I was in Budapest. The why was a complete mystery to, to both of us. But the when would be 10 o'clock the very next morning because Deja and his family had a family vacation coming up and wouldn't be back until the board meeting. So that night, over a little bit of the Scottish national drink, Deja and I had fun speculating about what the agenda might be for the meeting the next day, but we really had no idea. And we were still mystified when we entered the Fulbright suite of offices not far from the flat. A long corridor led to the main office, and just outside that office, hung the newly minted Hungarian Fulbright banner in the business of changing lives. In the business of changing lives. I thought, it's going to be nice to meet somebody that's in the same business I'm in. And it was nice. It was kindred spirit nice. In the next hour, Kara Yokai, Dejra, and I hammered out ongoing agreements for a year-long student Fulbright BSM scholarship and two semester-long faculty Fulbright BSM fellowships. Uh, the first scholarship uh, for students is, has been awarded for this fall. Went to a Carl, by the way. <laughs> what I want to talk about today is what it means to be in the business, the business of changing lives. My colleagues at St. Olaf, faculty, administrators, staff alike, are in this business. The regents are in this business. The donors you met are all in this business. I signed up for this business a long time ago. When you think about it, this business is really an amazingly big business. And my sole purpose in speaking to you today is to recruit you for this business. And I mean to do just that. The business of changing lives has a big, bold 36-point Helvetica division and also a less apparent 10-point Times Roman day-to-day -day division. You can't miss the 36-point issues. They're all over the press every day. War, racism, exploitation of the powerless, and so on. A daily reading of even the New York Times can leave you with a burden of sadness. Yet the evil continues despite the sorrow. I do promote adopting a big-ticket issue to work on over the long haul. I know I did when I was your age, but today I want to focus on what I consider the more important business 
the 10-point business of changing lives. Author Alexander McCall Smith describes the situation this way. Small things come into their own. Small ways of making life better. Acts of love, acts of generosity, acts of laughter, acts of graciousness. People in every profession and every walk of life have signed up for the business of changing lives. So no matter what you choose professionally, the business of changing lives will be an option for you. And after being in the business for a while, you'll too be able to recognize kindred spirits. The 10-point business plan is pretty straightforward. Keep your eyes, ears, and brain open and seek out ways in which you can catalyze laughter, show generosity, offer support, be gracious, especially when it feels uncomfortable or awkward to do so, especially then. And my second story is about that. Cincinnati, January 1994, the annual meeting of the American Mathematical Society. You are there, or uh, I was there. I was giving a talk on the first day of the meeting, and a talk would depend on bleeding-edge technology. Now, bleeding-edge technology is always a hazard, and I've been torched on many occasions. So I'd learned to trust no one and to test all the equipment with a local tech at my back as I did. By chance, I'd met two math friends at the Cincinnati airport. We shared a cab to the convention center and then walked to our respective hotels. Harold went south, but Beth and I had hotels booked to the north and we walked together. The weather was a nightmare of freezing rain and wind as we headed out with our bags. Immediately, we came upon a phalanx of street folk asking for money. I'd never seen anything like this. People lined the street, sometimes too deep, and we walked through a corridor between them. Even D.C. is at worst was, was not like this. Beth had come prepared and had a bag of little raisin boxes that she handed out. They lasted about 20 yards. I didn't know what to do. I gave away my change. I tried to keep from making eye contact. I protected my wallet pocket. Even at the time, I was really uncomfortable about how I'd acted and how I'd thought in particular, but I really couldn't think of a good alternative. My talk was at 10 o'clock the next morning. I was to meet a technician at 7.30, so I was up early and headed out to catch some breakfast at the 24-hour Burger King on the way. I wondered about the street folk as I left the hotel, both how they fared the night and how I'd deal with the multitudes that morning. I was hoping it was more the former than the latter. The street was empty at 6.30, and I felt relief. Uh, guilty, but relief. But then about 30 feet from the Burger King, a fellow stepped out and asked me for money. Instead, on a whim, I volunteered to buy him breakfast. So John, as he called himself, came with me to the Burger King. I told him he could order whatever he wanted, but he insisted I go first, and then he duplicated my order. As we ate, he talked about his life and problems with alcohol and drugs and rehab. I ate with one ear open, but was thinking about my talk. We had a second cup of coffee. I fidgeted, sort of anxious to leave, but it was too early, and John had a lot more to share. As I got up to leave just before 7.30, he hit me up for five bucks bus money. I didn't want to. I knew it was gonna be spent for no good. 
but I just gave it to him. He said it was to visit his sister across town, but five bucks bought you a lot of bus in 1994. My real name's Desmond, he said. Friends call me Des. You can call me Des. We sort of awkwardly shook hands, and I, I took off. When the tech asked me for my disk of stuff to load onto the computer, I realized I'd left it back in the hotel room, <clears throat> and he waited while I ran back, grabbed the disk, and returned. I slowed as I reached the Burger King and looked in. There was Des. He'd used my $5 to buy more breakfast. Des was hungry. He was too proud to tell me. I paused at the window, letting my brain take this in. I've tried to learn not to think like a jerk. But it's hard for me, though. It seems I'm genetically programmed to take the jerk road. Thinking of myself, what I need, what I fear, how I should act, what I should do. But being in the business of changing lives saved my hide on that and many other occasions. In spite of me, in spite of how I thought about things, something good had happened for both of us. And that's the thing about being in the business of changing lives. What goes around comes around. And so, when you're in the business of changing lives, your own life gets changed in remarkable ways. I'm old now. I've been there. You can trust me on this. Thank you very much. We have a time limit. We have a time limit here, so thank you very much. Thank you, Paul, for wise and inspiring words. I'd like to extend my own hearty and personal congratulations to every student being honored today for your hard work and great results. Congratulations. I'd like to remind everyone uh, here that there's a reception just after this ceremony in the crossroads of Bantrak, right over there. Coffee, possibly almond braid, other St. Olaf delicacies. So I'll ask you now to uh, stand and join me in singing From From and then to receive the benediction. And please remain standing after the benediction while the faculty recesses.
May God bless our work and our play, strengthen our relationships, fill us with abiding hope, and grant us peace. Amen. <laughs>